0: This is Bless You Boys Podcast 109, recorded Friday, April 25th, 2014. The bullpen is a dumpster fire. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Two for the price of
1: one for the Tigers. And the man from Walla Walla will take that one home. Michigan and Trumbo, Michigan and Trumbo. There's never been a corner like Michigan and Trumbo. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road in Roatigoma. Michigan and Trumbo, Michigan and Trumbo. There's never been a corner like Michigan and Trumbo. Here's a drive to left. That one is long gone. Michigan and Trumbo. Michigan and Trumbull. There's never been a corner like Michigan and Trumbo. Ha <laughs> ha ha. That'll get him out of the old ballpark. Two, four, Wing, get him in! One more time and five, and two, Watch it fly!
0: Bless You Boys podcast, we're the editorial staff of blessyouboys.com. SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog kicks around the past week of Detroit Tigers baseball, and it's been a pretty good week of baseball. There's been some good, some bad, but overall, the Tigers had a winning record. Regardless of all that, let's get the introductions out of the way. I'm your host, Al Beaton, co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. Joining me, as always, is the man who, at least I hear through the grapevine, kind of runs things on the west side of the state, and uh, that would be uh, – he's kind of like the – I don't want to say he's the Tony Soprano. Maybe he's the Paulie Walnuts of uh, of Grand Rapids area, and that would be Hookslide. Hookslide, how's things? That's going good. <laughs> As these I never know what you're going to say in these introductions, so, yeah,
2: I'll do the uh, Don Corleone here. I'm going to make you enough where you can't review. So, <laughs> feeling alive and well and uh, excited. My Little League team has got their first game tonight. Oh, boy. And uh, unfortunately, our, our team got assigned the name the Red Sox,
0: Ooh! so I, I am wearing a, a Boston hat. Oh, so, well, I'm sorry. Sorry, everybody. Uh, I, I, Wait, you have though. my sympathies. Thank you. Yeah, I would never be caught dead wearing a Red Sox cap, but like I said, you're, you're a dad, you have duties, you're a coach, uh, you are going with the flow. Exactly. Exactly. And we can't hold that against you. Well, maybe we can, but I won't, anyway. <laughs> Just you try. Yeah. <laughs> <about that. laughs> All right. A little bit about the podcast before we go on about, well, uh, Alex Avila swinging on 3-0 and and Miguel Cabrera being washed up and, and Phil Coke's being washed up, amongst other things. Uh, you want to contact us a little bit about the show? Uh, we're at bybpodcast at gmail.com, bybtigers at com. We're on Twitter at Bless You Boys, and you never know who's going to be running it from game to game. You know, you, it's it's a surprise. And we're also on the Facebook, Facebook.com/slash byb.tigers. Or as always, just search for Bless You Boys on Facebook and like our page. Along with following us on Twitter. And um, also for the podcast itself, if you want to uh, make if you, know, you can always subscribe through different ways. The uh, most popular seems to be usually going through iTunes. Make sure it's the Blog Talk radio feed of Bless You Boys. And, of course, you can always find downloads and streams on our Blog Talk radio site and also, oh, for a fact, on Bless You Boys. So, with that, uh, we do have some housekeeping, and that would be the Bless You Boys meetup uh, is pretty much Set in stone, at least for when it comes to the game, the day, and uh, that sort of thing, and how much you got to pay if you want to go, I really
2: hope it is i've got tickets yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, as always, Allison is in charge of that, and we have heard from her, and Allison's going to kick our ass if we don't talk about it, and at least remind you guys that she needs money because she hasn't gotten a lot of it yet and and I and as a personal note, i've gone the last couple years it's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of baseball is talked. It's great to put faces to uh, the online handles and what we see online. And, of course, uh, if you want to drink a few beers, that goes on as well. I know you have all the hook, uh, details, hook Slide, so why don't you fill us in?
2: Yeah, I've got some of the details anyway. The game is uh, August the 2nd, it's a, uh, Saturday, uh, Tigers versus the Rockies. I think it's a seven oh eight game, and uh, the tickets are $46 per person. Um, Allison is accepting payments via P- uh, PayPal. So just log into PayPal and you can send the payment directly to her email address, which is AMH, Before you uh, Army Brats, that's Alpha Mike Hotel, 1980, <laughs> AMH1980 at com. And remember to click on the uh, – there's an option there to click. I think it's like friends and family so yep. that uh, she, her payment doesn't get docked, you know, uh, fees and so forth. So – Get your money in, get your
0: tickets, let's do this. Yeah, as always, because we all know PayPal is evil and they nickel and dime you. So, as, uh, as, and we will link to all the details. I know we, have, we had a post up a while ago, and bless you boys, we probably should bounce that back up towards the front page again. I'll link to that the, uh, in the show notes and uh, click away. All right, with that, let's talk about the past week of Detroit Tigers baseball. From all accounts, look, slide, we're still rooting for essentially the worst first-place team ever. They are in first place in the Yale Central. I believe they're up a game right now. They have the fourth best record in the American League at 11 8 on the season. They're playing really well at home, 9 and 5, 4 and 3 over the past week. And this is all despite the bullpen still being a work in progress. Miguel Cabrera really hadn't hit all year to the last couple of games, last three specifically, as we're recording this on Friday, uh, a few hours before the Tigers take on the Twins. And realistically, I I think we can all agree this team is far from playing their best baseball. So I I really find it hard to believe that people are upset with this team, that it has a winning record, is undeniably talented, and is just trying to work out the kinks. There's a lot of teams that still don't know how they're doing right now. There's a
2: lot of teams doing way worse than Detroit is right now. But, you know, I I get it when you're – when you're watching game to game, you know, nobody ever wants to see their team lose. Mm-hmm. So regardless of the, the long view and you can say, yeah, they're actually outplaying uh, the 2013 iteration of yes. themselves. People forget um, that. <laughs> they actually are. They're 11 and eight last year at this time. They were 10 and nine last year at this time. They've been shut out three times. Yes. This team's only been shut out once.
1: Yeah.
2: And, uh, as far as the, the, uh, Runs scored. Um, I remember I mentioned this last. Uh, I think it was last podcast saying they were uh, twelve runs down from where they were last year. That's cut to five now. Mm-hmm. So the offense is definitely picking up. But you know what? I get it. When you're watching a game, you don't want to see them lose. Period. Everybody wants their team to go one hundred and sixty-two and zero. And if you have to deal with, uh, like you said, they're four and three over the last seven. That's three tough losses you have to watch. And there's mm-hmm. always ways to kind of dissect that and say that yeah, they could have won if. You know, so that that frustration comes out. But overall, you know, there's not a lot to complain about except for the freaking bullpen. But we'll get there.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that. And uh, yeah, and and, and, you know, and there's a lot. Well, we must just move right on to the bullpen since we're talking about it. And uh, the ongoing narrative at Bless You Boys is calling it a dumpster fire. And realistically, it hasn't been. Well, for a while, for a week or two outside, it looked actually pretty good. Uh, even Kurt wrote an, a column at uh, the Detroit News uh, essentially saying, you know, hold on a second. This bullpen has pitched pretty well over the past couple weeks, and maybe it's not as bad as everybody's making it out to be. And then, of course, the wheels fell off for a few games, specifically uh, in a horrific eighth inning a couple nights ago uh against the White Sox, where Ian Kroll served up a grand slam to lose a game, which essentially just you know, it was a gut punch to the fan base and knocked them off kilter for about 12 hours. There was lots of screaming and moaning going on after that. Yeah, that's one of those games that you think, yeah, they should have won, mm-hmm. but they
2: didn't. So. Yeah.
0: And the issue is, again, for the most part, it, it's not like there's like one or two guys who are, well, I'll, we'll take full Coke out of the conversation for now because we know okay. what, how he is. But for the can, most part... Can we take him out of yeah. <laughs> the conversation? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like Joe Nathan was uh, was really bad for a few outings. Now he seems to be fine. Ian Crow was pitching very, very well until he blew up this week. Uh, Joba Chamberlain didn't allow, a, uh, uh, didn't allow a run for his last four or five outings until he had a rough one yesterday. So it's not like there's a handful of guys who are really really bad to keep using them it's like these guys are pitch well for a stretch and then they blow up for a stretch but again it looks like that's why for the most part these guys are in the bullpen because if they were consistently good they would either be closers or they would be starting pitchers
2: yeah and somehow other teams are able to pull this off like i mm-hmm. said before i know there are um you know certain teams they go oh, they have a good bullpen you don't want mm-hmm. to get to the bullpen right if you're the you know the royals or the a's or whoever it might be uh but like you said it's it's not like there's you know one or two or three guys that consistently are bad mm-hmm. it's that they're not firing on all all cylinders at right. the time
0: or exactly. at the same time specifically
2: right right so you know you get joe nathan having a bad couple outings you know and then he's the he's the whipping boy and um, amazingly uh Java is doing well during that yeah. stretch and Ian Kroll is doing great. And suddenly Nathan, you know, figures his stuff out and, yeah. and now Ian Kroll's giving up three home runs and yeah. you know. Uh, but so overall it doesn't paint a very pretty picture and you mm-hmm. know, just looking at some of these stats, they do have the highest uh, ERA in, mm-hmm. in the major leagues right yeah. now. And um what is the other stat I just saw too that they're they're twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. In the major leagues, in uh, left-on-base percentage, they are allowing 33% of their base runners to score the bullpen, I mean. Yeah. So, you, you know, that's that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, dumpster fire might be a little extreme, but it's mm-hmm. it's always a crapshoot, it seems, you know, no matter who they're bringing out. Evan Reed was doing well, and then suddenly he had a problem the other yeah. night.
0: Yeah, exactly. He was throwing bullets. I mean, he was hitting high 90s, throwing strikes, looked dominant. And then he walks the bases loaded for Ian Kroll. So go figure.
2: <laughs> uh, there's there's two guys in particular that I'm looking at. Ian Kroll is one of them. Yeah. Um. You know, over seven innings pitched, seven hits, three runs, all three of them on home runs. Right. But he hasn't walked a batter yet, and he does have five strikeouts. So he's got a nice uh, strikeout per nine of six point four. Right. So I, I expect he's going to be all right. The other one that I that I like right now is Justin Miller. Mm-hmm. Four and two-thirds innings. Only two hits, no runs, no, no run. walks, three strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a 5.8 K per nine ratio. I, I like what I'm seeing out of him so far. I hope he can keep that up.
0: Yeah, uh, and while we're looking at those same stats, uh, Phil Coke, uh, 13.6 ERA, four innings pitched. Uh, and six earned runs, eight hits. <laughs> uh, it's it's not pretty. Uh, well, his his FIP is uh, 6.04, his WHIP is 2.2, and once again, people are yelling. Well, why is he still on this team? And well, we kind of had an explanation of that on Bless You Boys, as Patrick, who loves to delve into minuta, uh went and looked at the Tudor Munhead's roster, where there is a gaggle of left-handers. And if you look what's going on down there, there's not a lot of left-handers who really stood out. Uh, this is one of those things that I think the first guy, a left-handed pitcher at the, uh, down on AAA, who really starts to stand out, he'll be up here in a heartbeat. But until that happens, unfortunately, I think we're going to see Phil Coke and a lot of garbage time. Uh, it will, hopefully it will just be garbage time outings. But sometimes the way bullpens are built, even the worst pitcher in a bullpen Sometimes is asked to
2: get in the port now. Yeah, and if we're talking about, you know, how to replace Phil Coke, like you said, it's it's not like they have, you know, just a ton of options to choose from down there in Toledo. They have, I think, six left-handers right yeah. now. And out of that bunch, there are two that kind of stand out. One of them is Nate Robertson.
0: Yeah, which said something right there.
2: It's, it's funny that that's the case, but, you know, 12 and two-thirds innings, he's got a 2.13 ERA, 1.34 whip, six strikeouts, seven walks, not a bad line. Yeah. Um, and the other one is is Dwayne Belo, yeah. uh, fourteen innings pitched, a one point nine three ERA,
1: mm-hmm.
2: not bad. One point seven WHIP, thirteen strikeouts, but he also has eleven walks to go with that. So, but those are the two options if you were looking at you know just strictly lefties. And honestly, of the six lefties down there, mm-hmm. those are the only two that don't have an ERA above four and a half.
0: Right and they both have their own issues as well. Because, well, obviously, Robertson is trying to recreate himself, essentially a junk baller. And, well, we've seen numerous times with Below that he's been called up. And, well, he's, I, I've lost track many times below his pitch for the Tigers, and he's proven to be, at this point, below average at best. But you never know of left-handers. That's why left-handers continually uh, – Get chances over and over because you never know when one's going to blow up. You now, as they've always said, you know, Mama, grow up your your kids to be left handed because they'll always have a job pitching. So, <laughs> right. yeah, you know. So there's yeah, there's hope down there. You know, it would be cool to see Nate Robertson come up. I mean, I would not mind seeing the return of Gum Time to you know, go back to 2006. But we thought the same thing when uh, the Tigers may have caught fire in a bottle when they brought back. Uh, uh, Jeremy Bonderman, and he looked good for a couple outings, and then was, you know, he's no longer with the team, obviously. So uh, that's, uh, and you got to take that into consideration. Bonderman looked good for a while too with AAA, and then when he got called up, and then he turned back into a pumpkin. So that I'm sure that's what one of the Tigers' fears. They're they're really, I'm sure, hoping that what it'll be one of the younger arms who will step up. They don't want to call up Nate Robertson if they don't have to.
2: No, and like I've said before, even if they could find a right-hander who can Mm -hmm. get lefties out, then you don't necessarily have to have a left-handed specialist to replace Coke. Mm -hmm. You just have to not have Coke. Right. (laughs) I mean, at this point, I'm a right-hander myself, Mm -hmm. but I think I could probably get batters out better throwing left-handed than what Coke is doing
0: right now. Yeah, yeah, you'd be a – talk about a junk baller. (laughs) Yeah, ethos pitches all the way, but I'll tell you what, man, I wouldn't give up any walks. (laughs) But, uh, again – uh this bullpen, yes, it has issues, but there is some talent there. And right now I'm feeling pretty good about uh, Jabba Chamberlain. Obviously Joe Nathan's Joe Nathan. Albuquerque, the guy's got electric stuff. If he's throwing strikes or he's got guys who are fishing after that slider, he's electric, but, you know, you just don't know from game to game with him. You know, there's, there's talent there. It's just that it hasn't all coalesced, as you pointed out, at the same time. It, there will be stretches where that will probably happen, but right now, uh, and plus, they're really trying to replace Drew Smiley in the bullpen. He was, he's a luxury that most teams don't have, and the Tigers proved that by saying, yeah, if you're that good, you are going to start, and that's what they're doing with Drew Smiley, and he is badly missed out of the bullpen, but uh, I don't know about you, Hooks, but I think keeping Drew Smiley in the bullpen is really a waste of a valuable resource.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can understand why so many people are kind of taking that tack now and saying, shouldn't we move him back? Yeah. And uh, but you know, I, I kind of agree with the people that are saying, no, he's got way too much value mm-hmm. as a starter. That, that if you move him to the bullpen, that's that's kind of a waste.
1: Yeah. And,
2: and who are you going to replace him with? That's you know, this Dave is nobody. Robertson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Robertson. Yeah. Right. So sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's just uh, let's bring up all of our best relievers and let them pitch. Including Drew Smiley in the bullpen. We'll just have bullpen day every fifth, every fifth game.
0: Yeah, you know, and, that, and there has been experiments like that, and they almost always fail for for a reason because bullpen pitchers I are bullpen pitchers for a reason. You know, can't, so. can't imagine why that would fail. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Uh, speaking of failing, uh, Miguel Cabrera was failing quite badly, and he was actually being called out, amazingly enough, in the local media. And I was shocked one day to hear. Uh, a few days ago, this is actually right before Cabrera started to hit again. I shouldn't say again; just started to hit. And uh, Mike Valenti, why should I be surprised? Uh, oh, Lord. Calling, uh, saying he can't, he stopped driving the ball. He's not right. I, you know, this could he could be. He's probably in decline. And of course, now in the right when all this really came to a head over the past three games, Miguel Cabrera is hitting four sixty two slugging uh seven sixty nine and he has a one point two three o p s uh with a home run and six r b i and he still doesn't look quite right but he's starting to get the the barrel of the bat on the ball uh this is uh, this one again uh, uh just for me going to quick grant is one of these things where uh there's so much media now the, the newspapers sports talk radio online that the People need to generate so much content, they start seeing stupid things. And I think in this case, worrying about Miguel Cabrera is stupid.
2: <laughs>
0: always, yes, yeah. always a stupid
2: idea to worry about him. And I'm, I've been surprised that mm-hmm. um, I think this may have been the worst slump he's gone through. I, I can't verify that yet. I didn't mm-hmm. go back and necessarily research that. But yeah. uh, even some of the, the people that I normally... Think of as you know being very level-headed. We're yeah. starting to say, "Oh, wow, that I didn't realize it was quite that bad." Yeah. And looking at these numbers that he's that he's, and I know it's. He's saying he's having a good couple of games, and it's still a small sample size. He's still coming out of it.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, it's hilarious to listen to the radio guys, to Jim mm-hmm. Price specifically. Yeah. Um, that because the day that Cabrera hit the home run, he yeah. had what, that was like a three for four game. Yeah. That he had with two or three RBIs. Mm-hmm. The whole game, Jim Price is going ah, the big man's back. Yeah. He's de- he's out of it now. You can see he's got mm-hmm. that swing back. At- okay, so the next day, Cabrera's back to kind of you know mm-hmm. hacking at some pitches that he shouldn't. And Jim Price is right back to saying uh, he's not really back yet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all or nothing, man. Yeah. He's he's either the best in the world or he's slumping. So just it, this will even out. Yeah, I and
0: think. I d- and I did just bring up the the uh, the numbers the. It was a 13 game stretch between where he had the the huge uh, what was it the the, uh, the four for five game and the third game of the year and then it was a 13 game stretch till his till the till the White Sox series and he did only hit 157 he was uh, let me see here eight for 56 and but one, but also one thing you got to keep an eye on though his batting average in balls in play was only 211. Which is well below average, but then again, he was only getting on base at a 232 clip, so he wasn't walking or anything. He was he was definitely scuffling. You know, there was issues there, but he's had stretches like this in the past. Maybe now I remember a year or two ago. I think he had early in the year he was like 0 for 23. I mean, so these things do happen to the best players, but uh, to to start worrying about Miguel Cabrera in three weeks into the season. Uh you know I you know if he was still scuffling along and it's June yeah we could talk about it but right now it's just much ado about nothing and even
2: if he was still scuffling in June yeah I think we'd be a little more you know
0: yeah but yeah like saying what's happening last year right yeah exactly
2: <laughs> yeah. exactly Avila last year yeah you know, had a serious bounce back after the All Star break. So even if Cabrera takes this into June, you yeah. can say, "Yeah, this is really bad right now." But you have to have some faith in the guy that this is not a permanent mm-hmm. decline that we're yeah. watching. For goodness sakes, mm-hmm. I mean, it's only as I mean, it's Miguel Cabrera. People, yeah, he'll he he will find that uh, the timing and the in the swing. And you know, I tell you what, Al, when uh, when this season started. Mm-hmm. I I had a feeling. I just had this gut feeling that he was going to struggle uh because of the injury last year and I thought because of the contract that he signed it's it's, it's not to do with the contract mm-hmm. but it's it's it would just be our luck that he would struggle just so that people would be able to say see he signed yep. money you know and now he's you know doesn't care anymore. <laughs> thought yeah. well we'll see. And sure enough, you know, he's he's kind of scuffling. Obviously nothing to do with the contract but right. Just just so they keep the trolls alive.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's one of yeah. When you say when when you bring up the the trolls out there saying, oh, he doesn't care anymore. That is one of my biggest pet peeves of fandom. When someone says after someone signs a big contract, specifically, oh, he doesn't care anymore. He's got what he wanted. My God, he, the guy had was was making a hundred and fifty million dollars before. What's the difference? But, and like he has no
2: personal sense of pride. Yeah. I mean, does does he not want to win another batting title? Does mm-hmm. he not want to take a shot at the Triple Crown? I mean, come on. And surprisingly enough, when I was listening to uh, Caputo in yeah. 50 in the other night... and No, there's another, a, yeah,
0: there's another pair for you. No kidding. Surprisingly enough,
2: it was Caputo who said it. Yeah. Who, who, who brought it up and, and said, no, he was making a ton of money before he signed this contract.
0: Yeah.
2: So, hey, all right. You know, if it takes Caputo to be the voice of reason, then no you getting. must be really off base.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, and... Trust us, these guys know uh, where they they stand in history. And and Cabrera realizes that if he continues on the pace he is. And he is going to, uh, for decades upon decades after he retires, be put up there in the same uh, area as uh, Ted Williams and Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth. He's got those kind of numbers. He realizes that. So uh, I don't think he's going to pull a – uh, um, yeah, you know, he, he's 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 gonna hit, and, and let's just move on from this because we'll just start just uh, uh, continuing to diss, uh sports talk radios. So which is always a fun, <laughs> which thing, is always right? a fun thing to do. But, uh, but like you said,
2: he's gonna age as well as any of those other yeah, guys. I mean, look at look. When's the last time Hank Aaron struck out?
0: Yep, it's been <laughs> years,
2: man. So don't yep. worry about Mickey.
0: <laughs> Great point. <laughs> All right, um let's move on to well uh, let's talk about another old guy, and that, well, I would say another old guy Cabrera's only thirty one uh Torrey Hunter is getting old he's thirty nine you know here I am calling him old when i have got well about fifteen years well more than fifteen years on him let's just say that <laughs> uh, but in an interview this past week, uh speaking with Ken Rosenthal of Fox Sports, Hunter admitted he thinks he has two to three years left if he wants to play uh he di- he didn't put into. Uh, You you know, he kind of laid a timeline. He didn't commit to go, yes, I am going to play another couple years. But the odds are looking pretty good uh, that he thinks he still has a couple years left in him at least. And at 39, uh, I really don't see why he couldn't just because, well, you look at a guy like Bobby Abreu, who's pretty much half the player he once was and less than half the player Torrey Hunter is now is uh, still gainfully employed by a Major League Baseball team. Now, if you can call the Mets a Major League Baseball team. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, but there was a market for him. So you know there is going to be a market for Tory Hunter, who's uh, going to be a free agent at the end of this year. The question is, will it be as a Detroit Tiger? And also, I guess the second question is, what's the salary going to be? Because right now, he's still being paid quite, quite well. He's uh, making $14 million this year second year of a deal that was uh, worth twenty six. And he definitely made uh his money. He made his money's worth last year. He had a very good year. Hell he won a silver slugger. No one saw that one coming. But the signs are there that old oh, father time is catching up with uh with Tory. Uh his defense is I think if you say he's a below average defender now, I think you're being generous. I mean we've we've seen that a few times this week. Uh and he is slumping again. You know, he he's really become a very 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 streaky hitter. Uh you no, know, he started off the season with a bang. Right now people are screaming about Alex Avila, who we'll get to in a little bit, saying he shouldn't have swung, yet if you look at the numbers, Tory Hunter is hitting worse than Alex Avila over the past couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, Tory Hunter, I I I you know, if you watching him on the field, watching him after games, and watching him on social media, he's very active there. He does not look like a guy who's going to retire. The question right. is, I mean, do you think the Tigers bring him back? If, if they do bring him back, it's got to be at a much reduced rate. Yeah, I, I think the chances are good
2: mm-hmm. that, that he ends up we'll, – we'll end up coming back with Detroit um, – I think they would be willing to keep him, like you said, maybe for a reduced rate. But, uh, you know, he actually addressed that issue, if it wasn't last year, it was maybe when they first signed him, Yeah. uh, basically saying, look, I made my money. Yeah. I'm in this because I want a world championship. And he signed with Detroit specifically because he thought that gave him the best shot at finally getting the world championship. So I think, I suspect, he would be willing to to take a reduced pay rate. He's not looking to make, you know,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Jacoby Ellsbury money. Yeah. He does want another shot at that at that World Championship, so that all hinges on how this season you know ends up in October. If they end up winning the World Series this year, please, mm-hmm. um, then maybe you know it's it's a little more up in the air. If they don't end up winning the series this year, uh, possibly I think maybe he, he comes back. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: uh, and it's something you got to factor in, into uh, into this is that the Tigers aren't exactly loaded with corner outfield prospects either. Uh, you know that's why you know J T Martinez gets called up and he looks like the next coming because the Tigers haven't had much of the way of any kind of um, corner outfield prospect. I mean they called up Tyler Collins. And, you know he had him come up at, uh, with the with the big club during spring training and he really didn't show anything. He didn't look like a guy who was ready. So you know and the guys at Triple A, uh, well you know they're at Triple A for a reason. You know they've 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 been considered kind of 4A players. And, and I think anybody the Tigers series considers a possible corner of Canada is at least a couple of years out. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you that we may see more. We may we may see Torrey Hunter here for another year or two, but I have a yeah. feeling at this point it's going to be year to year, and at least a, a contract that's cut under half of what it was right what it is right now. Yeah, honestly, Al, I'm not quite ready
2: myself to to write him off defensively. Mm-hmm. I, I know we can say he's you know below average right now, but um, I, I do wonder you know how much of that is really age and how much of that is just that it's still kind of early in the season
0: because
2: mm-hmm. um, there have been some some obvious mistakes in terms of when well, he dropped a routine fly ball.
0: Yeah, but, well, but that, what more gets me is the I think he still thinks he's the Tory Hunter of ten years ago because we're seeing when he does make mistakes, they're more of the very aggressive. Bad throw type where he misses cutoff man and things like that. Right, and
2: I think that's the kind of thing that that he could probably adjust to. Yeah, um, like I said, if he tries to overextend himself, maybe it doesn't quite work out. You know, he doesn't have the speed that he used to. Um, but you know, in terms of this, the more routine, you know, he dropped that fly ball or you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. that that's not because of age. I think some of that's just shaking off the rust,
1: mm-hmm. you know, of
2: the off season. I think if he can make the adjustment to say, well, I'm going to play within my means, yeah, you know, then uh, I think there's still hope for him to be at least an average defender. Yeah,
0: yeah. If he's an average defender, he he still has value. Almost well, he's more than making up at least so far with on this deal that he's more made up with for his defensive deficiencies with what he's done with the play, at the back. And so if he continues like that, I mean I'm not expecting uh him to have the same year he did uh last year. I mean, if he could, that'd be awesome. But to expect a thirty nine year old Torrey Hunter to you know uh you know, hit three oh four or you know with an eight hundred OPS, I mean that's great for you know. So you know, Torrey Hunter is what he is at this point and I guess we all do. Also, at factor the factory, looks like is that he really does seem to be a locker room leader on this team and a team with a new manager at the helm and, and, and kind of and a little bit of transition. Uh, you know, a veteran like him in the locker room is always a good thing. Right. It may, it may not necessarily show itself in
2: the stat sheets, mm-hmm. but I think there there is something to be said for having a guy like him to rally the troops and and be even a mentor. You know, and, to some of the and younger players, you
0: know, and he, he
2: does. You know, he's very professional about that and saying, "I could have done better here, or there. That's my fault." You know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so uh, you know, check back with me. You know, in, in a few months, and we'll see how that defensive thing works out. But I'm not terribly worried about that, honestly.
0: Yes. Uh- uh, yeah, this is the team that actually you know won divisions of Brennan Bosch playing right field. So, <laughs> Say it that. ain't so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, speaking of corner outfielders, I did bring him up. J.D. Martinez uh, has looked. He's only played in a couple of games so far. He was called up when Luke Buchanan was placed on the DL with um, an elbow issue, an inflamed elbow, and. He's gotten into the lineup, and he's actually played pretty darn well so far. He's hit the ball hard. He's only hitting 250, but, again, it's only two games. But the signs are there. He looks like a pro ball player. He looks like a big league player. He's hit the ball hard. He's doing the right things. Uh, He's gotten on base in both games he's played. He showed some power, which is a big reason why the Tigers brought him up. Uh, He almost tied the game the the other night, but that's where he learned that, well, Comerica Park is not – uh, where the Astros play. What the hell do they call that? Band box? Uh, oh. Right? Yeah. Is that tro- the Tropicana? Pro- yeah. Is no, that- it's named after... No, no, it's, uh, it's Minute Maid Park. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was a, fr- a fruit juice. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Yeah, Minute Maid Park in uh, in Houston is a freaking band box. The ball he hit that night, it's out there. Here, it, you know, you hit it to right center at Comerica Park. The last where extra base hits go to die. He learned that, but... uh this does He does look like a better solution, even though he's not a left-handed hitter. He looks like a better solution as a fourth, fifth outfielder guy than anybody else the Tigers looked at at spring training.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, and uh, like I said, it's a little early to tell. Yeah. Um, he's played those two full games. He, of course, appeared in the third game as a right. pinch hitter, mm-hmm. and uh, the number two
1: mm-hmm.
2: stands out. Two hits, two runs, two walks, two mm-hmm. strikeouts, two RBIs, not bad, yeah, uh, for having appeared in in three games, but mm-hmm. it's not a lot to work with statistically. So right. what I looked at mm-hmm. was in ten plate appearances, he's seen forty three pitches already. Bingo! Yes, he's averaging over four pitches per at bat. Yeah. I like that he is making these pitchers mm-hmm. work. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, that's a good sign. I think that bodes well.
0: Yeah, and we've and forever we complain about uh, the bench in that well. There is no power on that bench at all. When you're talking, it was Don Kelly, uh, and, you know, and uh, Don Kelly essentially. You know, I, cause I usually keep the backup catcher out of, uh, out of these conversations because they're not going to use a backup catcher unless uh, the, uh, the situation specifically calls for it. He's there for emergency purposes. And Martinez, uh, he essentially hit his way onto the Tigers because he was just raking. Um, at Toledo, ten home runs in seventeen games. Obviously, he's not gonna. He was not. He's not gonna keep up that pace, no matter where you're at. Now, well, maybe if he was playing a rookie league or something, but regardless of that, it was. This is a guy the Tigers signed uh, at the end of spring training when the Astros uh, let him go, but he has a pedigree that a lot of the uh, 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 pro- Tigers prospects didn't have. He was once considered a very highly ranked prospect. Sometimes these guys are late bloomers, but at the very least, uh, he this guy's got enough big league experience, he's, you know, uh, with the Astros, that he's proven that he could probably be a very useful piece coming off the bench. And this was one of those signings where, where, as soon as the Tigers got him, go, that's a smart signing. He might be able to help down the line. I just think the help came a little sooner than everybody thought.
2: Yeah, and I would agree. It's, it is really nice to now have that option because yeah. I know we talked about this a week or two ago on the podcast. That who do you go to on the bench? You yeah. know, when you need a late inning big hit. Mm-hmm. And so far, he has. I, I think he's shown that he's he's good at the plate. Mm-hmm. He's got the power. He's he's got the capability. He's got discipline.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All of this is wonderful to have. You know, in a, in a on the bench, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, a little bit of extra depth. So I
0: expect good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and so far he's. He's, he's, he's showing that I think he belongs, and he's not going to go down anytime soon. Just uh, means the Tigers have one less left-handed hitter, but what else is new when it comes to that? Uh, a couple more things before we start kind of putting a bow on this con, uh, on this uh, podcast. Uh, maybe we, you know I didn't put it in the show notes, but we probably should touch on Danny Wirth a little bit, in that uh, obviously he is has been called up. And we, oh, I guess we should just touch on shortstop altogether. Period. You because know, that's why not. Everybody else seems to do it. <laughs> and uh, Danny Worth was called up, obviously, when um, Alex Gonzalez was given his release over the weekend. And uh, so far, I got to say Andrew Romine has played well enough. Obviously, again, we're talking very small sample sizes. Andrew Romine has played well enough that you know, Danny Worth wasn't even able to get into a game. Uh, you know, and you know, actually get start a game uh, until uh, the end of the White Sox series. So, at the very least, uh, I think uh, we're all in agreement. This is what should have happened in the spring training, and that uh, Romine and Worth should have been the platoon. Now, if you're going to go defense first at shortstop, which they obviously were, I know we've you've hit this over and over again, but I, it really bothered me. Just that. This was one of those times where I think D.D. D. overreached a little bit, Dombrowski. This was one of those where I think he had his plan at shortstop was set. And I think everybody probably would have been happy with that because it would have been solid defensively. And seeing what uh, Romine has done, you know, how well he feels, and we know Danny Wirth is a, is a very capable defensive shortstop. It really makes you wonder what in the hell the Tigers were thinking when they made that um, – Gonzalez trade, because this this is one of those things where, you know, it's in the big scheme of things, it's not a big deal. I mean, we're talking about, uh, uh you know, uh, maybe it was a panic move. I don't know. It really seems rare to think well, Dave probably that? acts in panic. But that that trade really felt like one. He almost uh, said as much, though, yeah. I thought.
2: Uh, can't, can't recall the exact words of the interview that I read, but he basically said this is why we did what we did uh, in terms of, you know, um, with the Lombardosi move mm-hmm. that you know we thought for sure we had Iglesias for 150 games and when that suddenly turned out not to be the case then it mm-hmm. was like, well, I think he did kind of a little bit, and yeah. I can say okay, I'm going to go with one shortstop who's got a glove and I'm going to go with one who's got a little more um, offense, supposedly mm-hmm. and hopefully you know, we'll split the difference and I don't know, because it seems like I also read somewhere that Gonzalez came recommended by Omar Vizquel.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: I find it a little strange, but yeah. who knows? Maybe, uh, yeah, I, not necessarily a full-on panic move, but maybe an ill-advised move in a situation where they needed something fast.
0: Yeah, and this is one of those things where we'll never know the true machinations, what happened behind the scenes when it comes to this. We don't know if uh, if Mike Ellich wanted something done. We don't know if uh, Brad Ausmus came to uh, Dave Dombrowski and said, I don't like what things are looking at shortstop. We just don't know and we'll never know. And that's not how the Tigers work, but uh, I don't know about you, but I, I'm feeling okay with shortstop the way it is right now, uh, but you do have to wonder. I mean, it's still thrown out there that J.D. Drew will be signed, but I think people are forgetting in this one, uh, slide is that I'm sure the Tigers aren't the only team that's going to be looking for a shortstop, so uh, in the end, it really – the Tigers made us say, screw it, we'll roll with these guys, especially if they're playing well defensively. Uh, when June rolls around and they'll say, you know, you know, Payne uh, – who knows? And plus, who knows how much J.D. – I mean, J.D. Drew. Steven Drew is there going go. to – well, God forbid we don't want J.D. Drew. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Steven Drew is going to want – I mean, don't forget, Scott Boris is his agent. You know, he'll probably – he's going to – he would ransom the Tigers. You know he would. Uh, the Tigers came calling after the amateur draft. So yeah, I tell you what, short of having to put like an actual bucket, yeah, shortstop, and that's yeah. your only option.
2: There, to me, there is no point in going out and paying, uh, you know, anything really, yeah. anything. For a Stephen Drew, who's essentially going to play for half a year, because this is not a long-term thing we're trying to fill. We just need Mm -hmm. to get through the rest of this season. Exactly. And like you said, uh, Andrew Romine seems to be filling the bill quite nicely in terms of defense. Mm -hmm. I don't expect his offense to to last necessarily, but that's okay. Yeah. And so between him and Worth, I don't really see the point in going out there to get, you know, to like I said, sign somebody for a full year's price, uh, you know, half a year's service.
0: Yeah. Bingo. So. I think at this point, hopefully, we just put the shortstop stuff to rest, at least for a few months, maybe, and uh, we'll just let Romine in Worth do their thing. And like I said I'm perfectly cromulent <laughs> with Romine uh, as the uh, as the primary shortstop because he's not going to hit. You know, now if they get uh, a 650 OPS out of this guy, they're probably doing really, really well. But as long as he feels the position well and he's showing all the signs that he can't. And then let's roll. That's fine by me.
2: Yeah, let him do his thing with the glove. He's shown some good range and a good arm. If he happens to hit, you know, decently, just average, you know, even a little below average, that's that's icing to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and there's enough talent on this roster to overcome uh, iffy production out of shortstops. And that obviously was a plan all along. So plans just there, just with different players. All right, so. Uh, Let's move on to Dan Dickerson, because he became a hero in the eyes of, uh, if he's not already, he became a hero in the eyes of many when he took ESPN's Jim Bowden to school. Uh, Article on ESPN Insider. And, again, this kind of goes to the, these guys are asked to create so much content throughout a season that they start saying ridiculous things. Well, and he wrote uh, really kind of a silly Especially for this time of season, a, a silly post uh, with ranking the top big game pitchers, even though we're in April, and he had Justin Verlander at the bottom of that top ten list. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: pretty you know, and this is all despite Verlander over you know over the past couple of years has been a huge big game pitcher. But the list was ridiculous in that it included some who have never thrown an important pitch in their lives, specifically Jose Fernandez, who was a damn good young pitcher, but he's never thrown a pitch of any kind of uh, division or playoff implication. You know, he's with the Marlins, for Christ's sake. So it's interesting, and you caught this, because, yeah, I missed this, uh, because I wasn't on Twitter at the time, but you caught this and jumped all over it, that, Dickerson said this had been brewing inside him for a few days and took to Twitter and he shot down Bowden's argument in the best way possible by using facts, stats, and advanced metrics. And it was awesome.
2: And you know, the best thing about it is that mm-hmm. he did it on Twitter. Yeah. This is the, the cool thing because, you know, Twitter has, for those who don't use Twitter mm-hmm. um, for each post that you make, you only get 140 characters. Yeah. I don't know anybody other than Dan Dickerson who gets so much information into such a small amount of space,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so he releases like three or four uh, tweets, you know, just basically summing up a ton of stats. He went for win probability added. Yeah, and that was the be- it was so awesome because I like I said in the in the post. When's the last time you heard a, a you know MLB broadcaster cite that stat? Yeah. So that was just kind of a it was a cool moment to see you know someone like Dan Dickerson, who's a professional broadcaster who obviously knows his stuff just kind of rattle off these facts and and kind of set Bowden straight. So it was just kind of a proud moment, you know, for Mm -hmm. Tigers fans, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's really cool to have a a mainstream radio broadcaster who knows advanced metrics and can appreciate advanced metrics, and he does it in a way, you know, because he does bring them up occasionally on his broadcast. Dickerson brings them up in a way that makes them accessible to the masses at large, because even I'll agree that, Sabermetrics can be very, very – well, it's like when I took economics in college. It can be very dry reading at times for people, and especially for a certain segment of the fan base. And the way Dickerson did it, he just sort of – you know, it was just great to see. But, uh, you know, I do – you know, Bowden's a clown at times anyway. I mean, there's a reason why he's no longer working in Major League Baseball because, you know, he did some shady crap. But, uh ESPN asks these guys to come up with stuff to say every day, and you say stupid stuff when you do that. But they do also deserve to be called out because you got to believe when Bowden is making this list, Bowden whatever the hell his name is. When you throw Jose Fernandez on a list of big game pitchers, <laughs> what you got to either be stupid or you go, "Yeah, I'm trolling." <laughs> <laughs> totally trolling. Like you said, I mean,
2: he's not—he's a great pitcher. Don't get me wrong but he's not appeared in a, in a postseason game yet, and that was kind of one of the, I thought, one of the criteria. You know, we're talking about big game
0: pitchers. Yeah, like Yeah. not said, what you think he'll do in a big game. What has he done in a big game? There's two There's a big difference there. Yeah, so yeah. I think the moral of the story is if you are
2: on Twitter and are not following Dan Dickerson, yes. you should be. Because he does this exact same thing after every game. You'll get Didn't a string of like five or six uh really, really cool, factual, mm-hmm. statistically heavy posts that he kinda sums up the games and that's that's always cool. And uh, honestly this year, Al mm-hmm. I I there, what have we got? Nineteen games under the
1: mm-hmm. know,
2: under the seasonal belt right now. And I yeah. think I've maybe watched two of them on the television. Yeah. All the rest of them I'm I'm like glued to uh, Dan and Jim, just because, like you said, all throughout the broadcast, Dan will constantly be, you know, citing these just juicy stats, mm-hmm. always relevant, always easy to understand. He's uh, boy, he's good stuff. Yeah,
0: and then obviously, if, if you're at the other bent, you always have Jim Price who will. Uh, talk about the art of pitching and and colorful things like blue darts and yellow hammers. So. <laughs> everything is the art of pitching. <laughs> yes. Everything and it's and it's a great place. You know, a beautiful it's place. A nice area. There. Yes, it's nice. Nice there. area. Yes. <laughs> All yeah. right. Um, sorry to drag football into your baseball book slide, but we really should touch on this because uh, one, it just kind of shows when big league sports pull a power play, the only people who lose are usually the fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious to see how this is all going to come out because I'm, I'm really rooting for Major League Baseball in this case. And it comes down to uh, Monday night, September 8th, is going to be a two-cluster in downtown Detroit thanks to the NFL, uh, These, as things stand currently. Uh, this week the NFL released, released their schedule, and they gave the Detroit Lions a primetime game for their season opener against the New York Giants, but it also happens to be Monday night football which is even even though it's a Monday night it's they, they bump it up on Monday, on the first Monday night because they run a double header so the, the, I think I believe the start time is going to be like 7 10 p.m. well guess what guess who's playing that night next door that would the be of course yes <laughs> the Detroit Tigers are playing the Kansas City Royals in a uh, a game which probably could, will have some sort of playoff implications, being it's a division game against a team who is expected to be pretty good and at the end of the year. So, And that game starts, of course, at 7.08 p.m. So this is one of those cases where uh, the NFL, I think, tried to pull a little power play, and you're, I'm sure they're anticipating uh, power play. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, the Major League Baseball and the Tigers will acquiesce and move the game to the afternoon, a Monday afternoon uh, in September. That's, you know, that's ridiculous to start with. But this is one of those uh, games, things upside, where I'd love the Tigers standard ground just to show that the NFL can't do anything they damn well please. And it's going to be very, very easy to make the NFL the bad guys in this
2: any time that baseball has a chance to beat out football um mm-hmm. i'm all for it mm-hmm. uh but you have to kind of instruct me a little bit here because obviously i don't i don't like right. football mm-hmm. um are there are there television implications here is there going to be a, 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 a does fox even this will go? be
0: nationally televised on espn
2: okay so then you end up with with espn going up against fox sports detroit
0: mm-hmm.
2: um yeah i here here is something to chew on yeah I don't like football fans watching baseball anyway, mm-hmm. because I think the football fans are the ones that tend to kind of be the knee-jerk reactionary, you know, can't mm-hmm. see the big picture kind of thing. Right. So you know what I say? Let let the NFL schedule their games starting in June. Let them <laughs> run all through the MLB season. Mm-hmm. Get the get the football fans out of the baseball stadium. <laughs> let's see who's really supporting the Tigers, and let's see who wins out. Yeah.
0: Uh, unfortunately, though, that would also mean that if these games go on at the same time, you're going to have to park in Oakland County or in Novi or in, probably in Ann Arbor, uh, because you've got a factor in people are working downtown. People do work downtown, you know. And then you have the fan. Uh, you'll have a sold out Ford Field, which holds about sixty-five thousand, and you'll have more than likely a sold out or close to sold out Comerica Park, which holds about forty thousand. So. I don't know where the hell they're going to put all these people. No, I'm sure the bar t- bar owners are probably going, yeah. Oh,
2: absolutely.
1: Yeah.
2: And now you're going to get me onto one of my side pet projects that I don't tell anybody about because, see, I've been lobbying for a while now that I think they should move the Tigers baseball over to the west side. Yeah. I think we need to build a stadium here in the, the greater Grand Rapids area. Ah, oh, a, I, a big I, league team out there. Absolutely. We've got the White Caps already. Mm-hmm. Um but I know it's it's a franchise thing. It's Detroit. It's never going to happen. But I you know, I dream about it some days. I think the greater Grand Rapids area is a lot nicer than Detroit, unfortunately. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's sad what's happened to Detroit. Um
1: mm-hmm.
2: but uh that, yeah, that's just a pipe dream that's never going to happen, but so here's to the um MLB defeating the NFL on that September 8th
0: day. Yeah, and it's happened before. The NFL tried something like this last year where they had this uh, well, when they released their schedule last year, it showed that they had to, they made a change and that they were, how it usually works is that, uh, I believe, uh, the team that wins the Super Bowl gets a, the first game of the year and it's usually on a Thursday night game nationally televised. But in this case, it, it, it was... Um, the Orioles were at home at the same time. Orioles said, We're not moving our game. So it ended up that the Ravens had to start on the road, and NFL Ravens fans had a shit fit. But and this is another one of those cases where, you know, MLB and the major, MLB was on the right here, and they really, you know, once again, uh, when large corporations. Billion, billion, billions and billions of dollars coming in for both MLB and uh, the NFL. When they butt heads, the loser is almost always going to be the fan. And this is one of those cases where either Tigers fans are going to get screwed because uh, what had been a night game is going to be then moved to the middle of the work day, yeah. or everybody's going to get screwed because you're going to have 100,000-plus showing up downtown Detroit when there's parking for less than half probably a quarter of that. So, We're talking about yeah. the Lions for crying yes.
2: out loud. Yes. I mean, for all the griping and complaining I hear from football fans about how awful the Lions are every single season, mm-hmm. why is this even a contest? Make them move the game. I mean, this, that's got to wreak havoc with, with ticket sales, people that, that get mm-hmm. tickets for the Tigers game saying yeah. they're going to lose a lot of you know, I had tickets for the 7 p.m. game. I can't make it to the 1 o'clock game.
0: Yeah, it's bingo, exactly, especially that late in the year. I, I love Patrick's suggestion when we were talking about this on our internal uh, email list, he, you know, because the Tigers do have to make up a game, a home game with the Royals. He said the Tigers should just make a doubleheader. <laughs> a <laughs> twilight <doubleheader>. Right. <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> That'll show them because then yeah. you know, Tigers fans will have to get there way earlier and just dominate all the parking. So regardless, right. hey, this is something we're going to keep watching, You know, and I'll probably end up writing a post about this, um, bless you boys, over the weekend, haven't had a chance to get to it yet. But uh, this is going to be uh, worth watching because right now nothing's, nothing's come of it. But uh, I'm just curious to see. How this ends up playing out. And if it just stays as it is, I would suggest if you're going to those games, get there Sunday night. You're going to have to. All right. Uh, one more topic before we wrap up this podcast. As I usually do, I kind of save a national story for the end of it. And that would be well, Pine Tar has come to the fore again. And not George Brett. Uh, not, he's not involved in this in any way. This one is uh, Michael Padilla of the Yankees, the Yankees starter, was suspended 10 games because he's really, really bad at camouflaging his cheating, essentially. Uh, As Major League Baseball calls it, he was suspended for possessing a foreign substance on his person in Wednesday night's game against the Boston Red Sox. In other words, uh, Pineda put pine tar on his neck, and then it was easily caught by uh, ESPN cameras, the Red Sox players, and, of course, the umpires as well, because they're not all blind. And this was just one of those hilarious things where, you know, uh, Pineda couldn't throw a strike in the first inning, comes out in the second, and has masterful command. And yet again, it was it was one of those things where, if you, all you had to do was look at the guy, and he had this huge smear of some sort of substance on his neck. This was one of those things where, you got to wonder that, well, this guy sure isn't a rocket scientist, to say the very least.
2: It wasn't the first time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In his his previous outing, there yeah. were pictures all over Twitter, close-ups of yeah. this goop all over his hands that he was pitching with. And, uh, you know, they didn't say anything then. I think the second time around, it was maybe just a little too much to handle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, how can they call that a foreign substance? Yeah. You can't prove that that stuff wasn't made in the USA.
0: <laughs> oh, that's that's awful. <laughs> uh, I
2: know. I apologize for nothing. Well,
0: I, I, well hell, when, when this broke on uh, Twitter that night, I made a joke saying, well, was George Brett involved in charging the Mounds? So maybe, you know... Pine garden can get kind of sticky and get all over the place. but It's a sticky situation. situation. But regardless <laughs> but of all
2: that. You know what? It was, I want to say it was Buster only yeah. that made the comments on Twitter, and I absolutely agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, you said basically at this point in our history of the game, they need to just go ahead and approve, if not Pine tar, then some other... Substance, yeah. uh, you know. As far as I understand it, it's not like you know, lopping Vaseline on the ball so you get extra right. spin, and mm-hmm. it's it's purely so that you can get a better grip on the ball. Right. Which, I mean, MLB allows for that, right? That's why they have a rosin bag. Yeah. yeah. So unless you you think replay takes a long time, man, if the pitchers have to go back and grab the rosin bag between every pitch, yeah, these games will never end. So look, approve something. Mm-hmm. Either strike the pine tar rule from the books or, you know, tell them they can use Gorilla Glue or, or whatever, but, you know, give them some way to, you know, to keep their grip on the ball because yeah. that doesn't seem like that's really cheating necessarily.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know, and trust us, you know, I'm sure every uh, pitcher on the Tigers knows how to scuff a ball or has practiced this these kind of deceptions. Uh, you know, it's it's a part of big league pitching is, you know, yeah. making the best out of what you're given and you know, there's a reason why, you know, you'll see uh, uh, Alex Avila may handle a ball. He's he's roughing it up for the pitcher. You know, that kind of Did stuff. Did you happen to see, I want to say it was John Farrell,
2: um, his comments on that? I thought that was very enlightening that he basically said, in so many words, we know people are doing this mm-hmm. and they've been doing it for a long time. Pitchers hide the pine tar in their hats or mm-hmm. under their belts or in the glove. And he basically was saying, just don't make it so obvious. Yeah. We're fine with you doing it, but if you're going to, you know, leave it on your freaking neck,
0: you yeah. mm-hmm. have to say something. So
2: look, if everybody's okay with it, then
0: make it okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I, read a, I just caught an article today on the, uh, the very underrated uh, USA Today site, sports on earth. And, and, and Dirk Hayhurst, who uh, is who is a, a former, uh, essentially a journeyman pitcher. He, he spent a, he had a, f- a few years in big league baseball and a lot of years in minor league baseball. And he's a very, very good writer. Uh, which is actually now that he's out of baseball, how he makes his living, he wrote a very interesting article, um, uh, The t- well, it's titled The Right Scuff. And he says if you really want to make a ball do something, it, it's really, really hard to learn how to uh, have things like Vaseline make a ball do what you want to do. He says scuffing the ball, on the other hand, you would not, It's you know, all you got to do. If you wanted to a ball the break in one direction, you just scuff the ball on the opposite side. And it, it you know, it, and obviously there's a science to this, and also, but this is one of those things where we don't hear talked about a lot. But I'm sure every team does it. Every team has pitchers who do this. I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Verlander does it. That occasionally they will take advantage of a scuffed ball to get ball to do things that doesn't normally do. So, yeah, yeah this sure is, is- But I think you nailed it with the. Uh, uh, with the quote saying, We know they do it, just don't be so damn uh, stupidly obvious about it. And I think that's really the story here is that Pineda was an idiot. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I I honestly don't think they would have as much – you wouldn't have so many of those incidents if not the fact that they throw out these balls every third pitch. Yeah. Yeah. So you're constantly having to start over with, you know, the brand-new ball. Um, If they didn't do that as much, then, you know, like you said, the pitchers are always rubbing the ball. Avila's always, you know, doing things to it. Mm -hmm. Look, they obviously need the help getting a grip, you know, so just approve something, approve a substance.
0: They need to get a grip on getting a grip.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's uh, wrap up this podcast is we're right around our, where we like to be time wise. So, uh, time for final thoughts. And I believe there's something on your mind right now. Isn't there Huxley? Yeah, a
2: little bit? I got, I got, uh, I got scolded on Twitter yesterday for making a joke about the bullpen. And, yep. uh, it was, it's kind of a misunderstanding because I was actually poking fun at the bullpen when I yeah. said it, um, something to the effect of, hey, Max Scherzer gave up a home run, um, but I'm still considering it a perfect game because somehow that too is the bullpen's fault.
1: Yeah.
2: And somebody kind of called me out and said, hey, you know, you got no right to pick on us fans who, who rightly understand that there is a problem in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And this discussion evolved from that to, you know, basically saying you guys pick on, on fans way too much for overreacting especially on the podcast. Yeah. I thought, well, that's interesting because I didn't realize, I mean, I'm on this podcast every week and I don't know that we necessarily, I mean, we, we might call out a couple things here or there. Well, it, if but anybody's kind of, to blame for that, it's probably me. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, I mean, we all kind of yeah. pick and choose, you know, or whatever. But yeah. so I, the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, maybe it's just because the staff at Bless You Boys, you know, we're constantly kind of scanning the headlines, and we're on Facebook and Twitter and Live, and we're kind of looking everywhere for different story ideas or what's hot, what's the pulse of the fan base, and I think maybe we might be more exposed. Yeah to some of the, the idiocy and you know what I did I pulled up a couple of quotes I'm just going to read a couple of these just oh this to, should be good <laughs> so people understand that when we're poking fun at a certain sector of the fan base this is the kind of stuff that we're poking fun at it's not people that are like oh the bullpen's having issues the bullpen sucks hey I would agree you know Cabrera's scuffling yes he is it's this kind of stuff um, and I quote this team sucks because Dombrowski kept all the good old boys and released the talent <laughs> Uh, right, okay. If you people can't see Avila is running on his family name, then you deserve a losing team. Uh-huh. Mm. Okay. Okay. The only reason Avila got the green light to swing on that three zero pitch was because his dad told Osmus, give him the green light or else, uh, the nepotism line. Right, yeah, right. I've got a guy here saying that uh, Avila's not even a good catcher. I would rather see Holiday catching mm-hmm. and Avila playing backup. The Tigers should package Scherzer and Avila for a big hitter like Adam Dunn. <laughs> and uh Avila isn't a good enough hitter to inside out a pitch and go the opposite way. And that that quote comes from a day after he went uh like 3 for 4 with two doubles and both of those were like opposite field hits. Yeah. So yeah, when we're when we're poking fun at a certain sector of the fan base, this is the kind of idiocy that we're that we're talking about. Yeah. And that's you know it's it's not uh like I said last last week it, it's not a matter of saying hey we're smarter you know so we're going to pick on people that don't know the stats or whatever it's for me it's no I'll 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 rip on you if you're constantly negative. Mhm. In your in your ignorance, you know, yeah. fine, be ignorant, but be positive about it. Yeah, you know, tell me that the tell me the Tigers are going to sweep the division by 20 games. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think that's ignorant. But hey, I'm not going to pick on you for being you know positive. But when you're saying stupid stuff like
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: package Scherzer and Avila for Adam Dunn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, and uh, one thing we'll uh, just you know go on this for a second, part of my final thoughts as well, because we really haven't touched on the 3-0 pitch is. Um, Our Twitter account, uh, the Bless You Boys account, specifically during games, uh, we try to be entertaining and funny, you know, so that may lead to uh, the occasional contradiction and maybe what we say on the podcast, what we're doing on the website, when we're cutting jokes on Twitter essentially during games because uh, who's usually on the account, it's going to be either Kurt, myself, you, or Melissa. And we all have varying senses of humor and th- certain things that are kind of in our wheelhouse and what we like to poke fun at. And they do need to keep uh, keep that in mind on there is that uh, with the Twitter, we, we're trying to be funny and we're trying to be entertaining. Uh, you know, if you're really looking for, you know, play-by-play and more uh, dry type stuff, more facts, uh, not less commentary, You know, follow the beat writers on Twitter. You know, uh, our own Catherine does a very good job of doing a play-by-play on Twitter as well. So, you know, keep that in mind. We're we're making jokes on Twitter during games. It's like you can't
2: win sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, Because I I know that, you know, you might say something like um, maybe the bullpen is in the middle of blowing something, and you make a kind of a statement like, boy, it would be nice to have – Better bullpen pitchers. Mm-hmm. And somebody will complain and say, You guys are so negative. Yeah, yeah. And in the meanwhile, they turn around and say, Yep, that home run that Scherzer gave up was the bullpen's fault. Yeah. And they turn around and go, You know, stop picking on the fans. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it was a joke. I'm sorry. I yeah. wasn't like, singling anybody out. Yeah. I mean, and, and and jokes mm-hmm. get misunderstood. Yeah. I, I, I made that quip yesterday with Avila, Avila was not even in the lineup. And mm-hmm. I said, You know, today's lineup will feature nothing but Avila taking three zero pitches. Mm-hmm. And somebody thought I was hating on him. Yeah like yeah. no no not at
0: all i love the guy i really do yeah and we're all fairly visible on twitter and you know phil Koch's brain went on a rant on our pod, on our um, website today over the what the reaction of fans uh after the 3-0 th- fiasco You right. uh, essentially saying this is a good team enjoy it uh you know which, which is one of kurt's uh mantras when it comes to following baseball but you know, we're, pretty much, we're all in agreement that uh, Bless You Boys. It was the right yeah. call. Alex Avila was given a fat pitch. He hit the crap out of it. It just happened to be at the first baseman. And so right. you, can, you can say that, oh, that makes it a bad call because he didn't get a hit. No, it does not make it a bad call. It just makes it a good call that just didn't work out. Because, like when you play
2: pocket queens and you get sucked out
0: anyway. That's a great, that's a great analogy. It has
2: happened to me twice yeah. in the past two years. Yeah. But let me touch on this, too, because you just said you know, we're all in agreement here, and that was part of this, this gentleman's complaint, too. Is he said, hey, you're picking on us fans you know, for thinking the bullpen is bad, and the only reason you're doing that is because Kurt wrote an article.
0: Oh, yeah, that's the other one. Yeah. And uh, I, I would
2: want to point that out right right – I want to kill that rumor right now that this is not a good old boys network, you know, where we just sort of fall in lockstep with each other. We disagree all the time. I disagreed with what Kurt wrote, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, he has, you know, he'll say he was. (laughs) it didn't Mm -hmm. turn out well for him to have written that. Yeah,
0: they they don't see what we discuss internally, and we do uh, disagree on things. You know, we try to, you know, keep a joint front for the most part with Bless You Boys, but there will be disagreements on this team, how this team is run, and how – how players perform and how they should be used. That's, yeah, that's, that's part of being a baseball united,
2: team. A united front, in the sense that we've got each other's backs.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, it, but you look at look at any game thread, and you'll find you know Patrick and Rob arguing. Yeah, with Especially each other. Especially Patrick,
0: or, he loves arguments, right? <laughs> or me and
2: or, or me and Rob have mm-hmm. gone at it a couple of times on those yeah. game threads. I mean, so yeah, we disagree all the time. It's not yeah. like, whoops, Kurt wrote the article, so now we all must defend the bullpen and yeah. you know, head in the sand. Now yeah, work exactly. that way.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Ed, and uh, and I heard from Kurt. Who told? Uh, who messaged me? said, let's never speak of that article again. <laughs> <laughs> and that
2: will be Kurt uh, admitting he's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And just, I, we should address
0: hard. that. Uh, Kurt's not on the podcast, and probably won't be for a while. Um, he's taking care of some uh, of some personal stuff, so he's kind of uh, he stepped back from the podcast. And uh, for the most part, it's probably going to be slide, and I. So um, we just want to let you know that, that there's, a, you know, Kurt. We haven't kicked Kurt off the podcast. You know, he's when he's ready to come back, he will be greeted with open arms, and then we'll throw that column in his face. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, Kurt, you know, Kurt needs to take care of some things, so we're letting him take care of things. And when he's ready to come back, he'll be back on the podcast, and uh, where he can always end the podcast with a snarky comment. So we're, we miss that. We miss Kurt, but he will be back. Yeah. I am looking forward to when Kirk can uh, rejoin us. Yes, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. I you. It. Yeah. All right. So with that, since now we got the Avila stuff out of the way, we can wrap up the podcast. So, um, where can they find you online, though, Hookslide?
2: Uh, you know, if you if <laughs> you want to be offended, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you can find me on Twitter at Hookslidebyb, Indeed. or occasionally running the uh, Bust Your Voice Twitter account for the day. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, also, I'll be running the Bless You Boys account at Bless You Boys. And, of course, I'm uh, Big Al BYB on Twitter. And even though the most recent tweets have been about the Red Wings, oh, man, I don't even want to talk about them losing the playoff game because whenever the Red Wings lose, that makes for an unhappy girlfriend because she loves her Red Wings. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, but regardless of all that, uh that's where you can find us. Of course, as always, you can find us pretty much every day writing about whatever comes to our mind on BlessYouBoys.com. Again, find us on Twitter, find us on Facebook, and, of course, find us on this podcast. Also, be on the lookout for the uh, the jourish podcast. I do have another contributor with uh, Bless You Boys, Greg you know, where we talk about everything Detroit sports. If you want to hear our thoughts about the Red Wings, well, be on the lookout for, for that podcast probably Sunday or Monday because we are definitely going to talk about it there. So, with that... Let's wrap it up, slides. So, until this time next week, we're hopefully uh, the worst first-place team in baseball. or being the worst first-place team in baseball. This is Al Beaton saying good afternoon and good luck along the slide uh, And just for tonight, let's go Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the last time you'll ever hear "Let's go Red Sox" on the Bless You Boys podcast. You try to give me your money, you better. That's good advice. Thanks, big fella.